0: Um well let's let's open in prayer really quick and then I only have three or four hours worth of stuff to talk oh about. So be quick, huh? should be fine. Should be fine. Let me get my notes up though. Uh, notes what are we? We're we're church tonight. I'm we? wander. Thank you. Oh he's a wanderer. I'm Who's, a wanderer. You're a wanderer? Yeah, there's a song about me somewhere. Yeah. I knew there was wanderer. Oh. <laughs> Let me pray for us really quick. Father in heaven, we are just so grateful to be gathered here on this wonderful evening. So, Lord, lift us up. Allow us to redeem this night. Allow us to do everything that we do enjoy. And um, just continuously pour and place our hearts in, in your caring hands. In Jesus' name we pray. So, the, the million dollar question that kept coming up, and I sent it out via email. So, if you read the email, then you, you get, like a, you get a, like a half review. Is it the essay email? And a half hom- homily, yeah. So this is like, this is the shortened version of the, the essay email. Yes. This is like the, um, this, is, this would be the Cliff Notes version. Grace, yes. But Grace. the question that I kept getting asked is, can we as Christians in good faith celebrate Halloween? Like, and, and this, things I didn't even think before I entered seminary were like divisive conversations in the religious world. One of them, even today at at the kids' school, Sophia's teacher sent out, or maybe it was Holden's teacher, I think it was, I remember one of the two of them was going to do a debate and put the kids on two different sides and have them argue for and against Halloween. And she even wrote her an email, like, I'm really sorry if this is a divisive topic in your household. So it's a divisive topic because there's a misunderstanding. And it's a divisive topic unnecessarily. So there's two... Exciting things about today. One is All Hallows Eve, which is now, and the other is Reformation Day, uh, which has been now over 500 years. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the historical portion about Reformation Day and then lead us into All Hallows Eve. It's kind of a backwards way of doing this, but when have I ever done things the way other people do them? (laughs) So, October 31st, 1517, a monk named Martin Luther famously nailed 95 theses, thesi, theses, theses still. I think it is still just theses. It's not, it's definitely not that word. So he he nailed these 95 statements, these 95 theses to, to the Wittenberg Cathedral doors, which began the Protestant Reformation. It began where we are in the church world now. These are the seeds that were planted throughout the world of Christendom, that was to try to bring the church back to its authentic self. So Luther was a lawyer and he was a Catholic monk and he became if my history if my history is correct but he got struck by lightning or he was very close to being struck by lightning and left his legal profession to go into the priesthood and then became a monk. And what happened was he was using the skills that he had as a lawyer, you know, to read scripture. And so he kept reading scripture and he's like, I think there's a pretty decent chance the Catholic church is in heresy. <laughs> and he was, ha, about that thing, purgatory, the Pope, all these things that were, weren't in the Bible itself. And the thing that he was, he was particularly upset about was this, this idea of indulgences, So you could, if you were wealthy enough in the Catholic Church, if you committed a particular sin, you could just pay the church, and they'd be like, you know what? Good. So you would make this donation, this payment for your indulgence. You would basically pay to go conduct and commit sin. And so Luther was like, yeah, this tax, like this... this, this is this isn't cool like the Bible nowhere in the Bible does it say there can be a financial transaction that clears you of your sinful behavior so he started evaluating scripture and he decided that these things were oh everything okay or just you know guys with trucks and lights either one um, so so what he what that he really was piecing together was where he realized that the church had separated was this kind of this general conclusion he came to that the church's true treasure is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Scripture alone. It wasn't about protecting church tradition. It wasn't about the authority of the apostate pope. It was actually all about the word of God. And so he wanted to reform the systems of works that is still the Catholic Church. And he wanted to bring it back to the authority not resting within the church, that the church's authority was granted by Scripture, and that Scripture was the ultimate authority, not that the church had authority over Scripture. So, of course, this process forever changed our church. It is why we are where we are right now. Uh, this is what began making Scripture accessible. Uh, Luther, was, Luther was attacked because he translated Scripture into, they called it, the Vulgate the vulgar language of the people and out of Latin. How dare you let the peasants read the book? Because they might realize you're full of crap. Uh, (laughs) And so he, he started teaching about living by scripture alone, sola fide. And he put these theses on the doors of the Wittenberg Castle Cathedral on All Hallows' Eve because of what the next day is. So do you know what tomorrow is in the church calendar? If you were like in a... We are a church that follows the church calendar, but if you haven't grown up in one, you might not know. November first. It is November first. Oh, Anybody knows what day? day? All Saints Day. So, All Saints Day. All Saints Day came about about 300 A.D. and the tradition was formalized around 700 A.D. Um, it's. It is a time when we, lift up the saints who are before us. Now, the Catholic Church looks at sainthood different. We believe in the perseverance of the saints, that all believers are saints, that's what the Bible says. The Catholic Church has a weird sainthood thing that's not biblical at all. But what was really disgusting to Luther was there were a whole bunch of new relics and new saints that the Wittenberg Cathedral was going to be getting, and people were going to be kneeling down and worshiping these on November 1st. So in his act of defiance, he's like, you know what, I'm going to really nail this to the church, literally, and he nailed them to the church the night of All Hallows' Eve. But it gets bigger. All Hallows' Eve would have been a feast celebration. That's what we're doing here tonight. Because in, in biblical, the, the, like a biblical calendar, the day starts the day before on our calendar, on a solar calendar, at sundown. So if you were a Jew, and it was the Passover, and the Passover started tomorrow, it would actually start today at sundown. So today at sundown begins the Holiday of All Saints' Day in a biblical calendar. So all Hallows' Eve, the day before the day, we get together and we feast. And, and, and we feast for the following reason, which is actually really kind of fun. Because the holiday has nothing to do with like Celtic or Satanic rites. What it actually has to do with what we're called to fight against. Ephesians 6.12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Whereas Jim Jordan puts it, against fallen angels who bind hearts and minds with ignorance and fear. You see, what we're actually fighting over are the things that, that are living in this world that we're supposed to be fighting over. We don't fight the war of flesh and blood because Jesus already won. Like it's so disgusting that the church treats it like we're on the losing team. All Saints Day is a reminder that God has won. That that, yes. We have martyrs that have gone before us. Yes, we have people in the faith who have died standing firm on their faith. I mean, there used to be people that stood so firm on their faith that if their tongue was cut out, they would bleed to death that way rather than denying their own faith. Romans 16:20. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. See, All Saints Day reminds us that Jesus finished his work. We still have ours to do, though. So Jesus has put the devil under his foot. He's crushed the devil's head. But we here in his kingdom have work to do. We have a fight to fight. Uh, We we have to grow Christendom. We have to be peaceful people. We have to be a light on a hill. We have to love our neighbors. We have to care for our communities. We have to live countercultural while the rest of the world is like pissed off and canceling each other and making demands on you. We're going out in grace and truth and love. And so that's why we we celebrate tonight. And Jim Jordan, again, he he quotes, and this was in the long email. He said, On October 31st, the demonic realm tries one last time to achieve victory, but it is banished by the joy of the kingdom. What is the means by which the demonic realm is vanquished? In a word, mockery. Satan's greatest sin and our, our greatest sin is pride. Thus, to drive Satan from us, we ridicule him. That's why the custom arose of portraying Satan in a ridiculous red suit with horns and a tail. It's a Halloween tradition. Satan does not look like a guy with red horns. He's, he comes disguised as an angel of light. So we, we know that the devil doesn't actually look like this. The, Bi- the Bible teaches a fallen angel cherub, but rather the idea is to ridicule him because he's lost the battle and he no longer has power over us. So we come out here and we dress the kids up in, in ghosts and witches and devils, and we make a mockery over these things because he has no hold on us. That's why old cathedrals have gargoyles. They put gargoyles up because it's a mockery of these things. It, it's, they were there to mock the enemy. And so that's the same reason Luther nails his 95 Theses against the door. He's making a mockery of it. He's mocking, he's mocking the devil. He's mocking the enemy. And so that's why the kids in costumes isn't a bad thing. Now, there are costumes your kids shouldn't wear. We know that. There's displays maybe you shouldn't you shouldn't have. Should be careful. But but the point is we're supposed to be here in a place of joyous satire. Supposed to be here in a place of joyous mockery. Proverbs answer a fool according to his folly lest you become like him. Do not answer a fool according to his folly lest you become like him. Sometimes you can mock the devil in a red horn and a tail and a pitchfork, because that's the right best thing to do. And other times we don't answer fools in their folly in the same way. And so <clears throat> we are to remind ourselves that we're God's kids, we're God's children, we're adopted sons and daughters. We have no fear of the devil. What can the devil do to us? If God, Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who can be against us? And so that's why we come to feast in joy. That's why we that's why I said at the end of communion, right? We, we come to the table in joy because the Lord invites us to a meal to participate. We come here in hospitality and feasting, and we love on our neighbors because we want to in, invite them to joy and into fellowship, right? come and taste and see that the Lord is good. The, the, uh, Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And so we, we also come to remember that all the faithful saints that came before us, and it, those could be, I wrote in here, whether they're like the reformers like Martin Luther or the hospitable housewife who loved her neighbors well, saints use their gifts in a million different ways. Some of those people were out reforming whole cultures, and most of us are just called here to reform little segments of our little corners of life. Reforming our neighborhoods, reforming our works, changing our priorities. And God grows it from there. And God grows it from there, exactly. So never forget that God's kingdom is ours, and we are here to build it. Mockery and satire are great tools in our toolkit of fighting the devil and reminding all that Christ is king. Hebrews one, 1 through 1-4. Long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He spoke to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Halloween and All Hallows' Eve should remind us that it's time to stop pretending like we're losing and to go joyously into the world and transform it. And to care for people and to love them and to lift them up and do it all with joy, no matter what the circumstances that we have to we happen to be in. And it's time for us to take our holidays back from the pagans. Like this is ours. We made it. I want it back. We're getting the rainbow back. We're getting Halloween back. Those were ours. We have a thing called Reclaim the Rainbow. If that doesn't get me thrown in jail by the end of next year, I don't know what's going to. <laughs> It is! It's a covenant! It's, it's the sign of a covenant that God will never destroy the world again. The Jews have a, I may just do a Sunday school on the rainbow for all of us at some point. Maybe we'll do it as part of our, our springtime reclaim the rainbow. Or maybe we'll do it in June. I'll tell you what, we'll do it, do it in June. We'll do it June of next year. I will. That'll be our thing. It'll be reclaim the rainbow next year, June. You, you heard it here first. But, it's, but we should because God, God promised Noah that he would never destroy the world again. We live in a covenant world. Like, if we don't believe God is loving, then, then everything else falls apart. Like, He loves all of us despite all of our failings. I was saying to somebody at church on Sunday, He doesn't just love you because of your past failings. He loves you for your future failings too. That's not a hall pass to go do stupid stuff. But God unconditionally loves you because you were created in His image. He knows what's to come so we should uh, we should act like we're on the winning team and we're gonna take our stuff back. That's, ex- that's right. Well that's um the kids are back and that's a good time to go pray and we'll just fellowship and chew on this more. but we're redeeming Halloween we get to be joyous tonight. it's a wonderful feast. We really love all of you guys and let's just keep doing the things we do. We do this at Thanksgiving and Christmas time too. Hey, look, we're going to pray real quick. There's some yeah. stuff out there. there is, and we all got to go take a little walk outside. Uh, Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for this time. Thank you for these reminders in our calendar. Um, Lord, we pray that that we are people on the offense, not people on the defense. Lord, strengthen us to do your will, to do your work, to lead with joy, and to lead with kindness and uh, and happiness everywhere we go. And all this we pray in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. What was he? We're brothers.